So, um, true story. I didn't ever want to be in ministry, um, really. When I was growing up, I wanted to be a magician. So having a having this happen with the thing over a thing really, you know, takes me back to when I was six. So nothing really happened. I do have a whole magic set in my closet, though. So if you're ever interested, no one's anyone. Nope. McKenzie would go. That'd be awesome. Um, <laughs> so, no, actually, I was doing a magic trick once, and I was trying to make this little doll levitate, and um, it, it ended really badly where the doll uh, lost its leg during the thing. Um, and I was giving, yeah, it was terrible, but I was giving the whole magic trick to my friend, uh, actually, my mom's friend, and she had actually, like, lost her leg, and she was, like, an amputee, and so, like, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, I wasn't trying to be mean, and, uh, and so, anyways, it didn't levitate, and it lost a leg, and I offended an amputee. All right. That's okay. So, um, hey, tonight we are in part two of just a, a series on mentorship um, and how, how we need people in our lives to impact us, um, people who are farther along in our journey, uh, in their journey, in order to show us, hey, and, and coach us and say, hey, here, here's how you can get from, from where you are to where you want to be. Um, and that's called a mentor. And last week we talked about uh, a few things that are important for us to look for in a good mentor. Does anyone remember one of those things. A mentor is intentional. Great. Someone is that you, Jordan? Someone said intentional. What else? A spiritual. Okay, so a mentor has uh, maybe a strong relationship with Jesus. Uh, yeah. A mentor tells the truth. Tells it like it is. On, but only after. Yeah. They ask really good questions. You know people who ask really bad questions, right? Uh, people who just, you know, they ask questions that you could answer in like a one-word response. Like that's not a really good question. A good question is one that actually gets you to respond with maybe a sentence or two. Yeah. Yeah, and a good listener. Awesome. Give it up for these guys. Good job. So um, last week was awesome. If you, if you missed it, go back, listen to the podcast. You can do it through iTunes um, and listen to uh, the, just everything we talked about when it came to mentorship. Tonight we're talking about you and how you have the opportunity to impact and influence people. And honestly, you guys are doing that tonight. You're doing something that I don't think very many teenagers are doing. You guys gave up money that you could have spent on something else, or you gave up time searching through drawers and looking through cars, trying to find coins, trying to find money, in order to what? To have influence and impact so that people wouldn't go hungry. So you guys are already doing this. You're already doing this. You're already having influence. You're already having impact. Um, but tonight we're going to talk about um, how you have the opportunity. Um, I don't even think you have the opportunity. It's not just that. You have the responsibility to use what God has given you, to use who you are, um, and to leverage that for the people that are coming on after you. So people who are younger than you or people who are maybe experiencing things at a different time than you. Um, a mentor is this, an experienced, experienced and trusted advisor. Does anyone feel like you're that? Maybe like one or two people. Because um, a lot of you, you see a uh, trusted advisor, and you're like, I feel like I'm not a trusted advisor. And when you see the word mentor, you start to think, there are so many reasons why I would be a terrible mentor. And Joel would never ask me to mentor anything. And my counselor knows all my crud, and they would, like, and we just kind of go through all these, like, I'm not good, I've done bad things, or I'm just ordinary, and I have no gifts and talents. And I, I, I've talked to a lot of students that say, I don't even think I'm special and there's nothing that God could use me for, right? Has anyone ever thought that before? Um, and we automatically disqualify ourselves thinking that we can't be a mentor. But what I want you to notice here is a mentor is not just a trusted advisor, 
but they're an experienced one. Someone who's been through experiences. Um, and so you often heard that life is like a box of chocolate, but tonight, I want to introduce you to your life is like a treasure chest. Turn to someone and say, you are a treasure. So, you are a treasure chest. You are a mixed bag of good and bad things, of successes and failures and flunk outs and A's. You are a, a, a mixture of broken families, of multiple siblings, of coming from an adopted home. You are a mixture of people who have made a ton of mistakes and blown it, and then people who also had awesome victories. You're a mixture of being super athletic and not athletic. You're a mixture of scholarship and being like the, the you know, trying to get your grade up to a C just so you can get through. You are a mixture of things. You're a mixture of past experiences. And here's the thing. Most people think that your past experiences prevent you from being a mentor. But what I want to say is, your past experiences and the times that you've blown it might actually be the reason why you were a good mentor or the reason why you're actually probably equipped to be a better mentor. Um, and so this is, this is fun here, what we're gonna do. So some of you, so you are a treasure chest, okay? You're a treasure chest. Some of you, some of you wear a crown um, or a tiara and you have influence in your life. Scott, you want to stand up here? <laughs> yeah. um, because I know Scotty, and I know that Scotty actually has a lot of influence and a larger head than I imagine at this point. Um, <laughs> and Scotty, Scotty has the ability for people to follow him. And that when he says, this is good, this is right, we should do this, people will follow, right? Have you guys seen that in Scotty? Um, and so some of you, you might have the gift of influence and impact, and you might say, you know what, actually, sometimes I've used it for bad things, right? Maybe I led people astray. I led people where I shouldn't have. And sometimes we think we should only put in our treasure chest the things that are good, but maybe God wants to use the stories of when you used your leadership in bad ways in order to help someone who's younger than you and warn them and say, hey, you shouldn't be about that. This is how, it, this is how I blew it. This is what happened to me. Um, thanks, God. You can sit down. So maybe, um, maybe in your treasure chest, <laughs> you're Carly Cotes, and you, she's a nurse. Um, um, but maybe, hey, there you go. This is plastic. Um, but maybe you have, um, you have health issues. Maybe you've had like weird health stuff that's come up, or maybe you got injured in a game, or you have a chronic thing that's going on. Um, or you're experiencing anxiety and depression, or maybe one of your family members is sick, and, um, or they've been sick and they've gone through something, or you've lost someone in your life that you loved a lot, and this is part of your story, and you think this is a bad thing and I should bury it. But what if instead you saw this as a treasure that you could, that you could use to bless somebody else? That if somebody else is going through a hard time and they're, they're going through something similar and, and they're having someone in their life or maybe they're sick and they're going through something, you can come along inside and just, you can sit with them and you can say, I get it. I get it. This is another tool that you might have in your treasure chest to be a, a mentor. You might have that. You might have a lot of conflict in your life. 
and you've had terrible fights with your parents and with your brothers and with your sisters and with the mailman and with anybody because you're just angry most of the time. Uh, and this might be you. Um, that, is it cute? Is this cute or is, is the combination? Um, here's the thing. You might think, I have blown it with my relationship with my parents. I wish I could get a do-over. Listen to this. You might wish that you could get a do-over. And you might not get a do-over, but God wants to use you to help someone else and prevent them from experiencing the suffering that you went through. So there might be, if, if you're a junior or senior, or if you're, even if you're a freshman, you might see a junior higher or a freshman or, or someone who's younger or maybe one of your cousins, and, and they're starting to experience conflict in their relationships, and you can come alongside and you can say, hey, I, I fought back and I, I exchanged word for word, and I, I was a total jerk, and I did it the wrong way. And because of that, I want to mentor you and say, hey, just, just love more, listen more, apologize more. I wish I could have done that. You won't get a do-over, but God wants to use you to impact someone else. So this might be the gift uh, in your treasure box um, that God wants to use. Some of you have doubts about your faith, and you struggled with certain questions and topics about uh, your faith, and you feel like maybe I'm not a very good Christian because I have doubts or something. Um, or you think that, uh, yeah, you've just struggled with God, and you, and you feel like this is a bad part of your story, and you need to bury it, and when you come to church, pretend like you're an awesome Christian. Um, but what if you're burying what God wants you to use to bless somebody? What if we're trying to bury the things that God wants us to use to bless people? So when there's somebody else in your life that says, hey, I have a doubt, and it's that I can't believe that God would allow bad things to happen to good people, instead of being like, that's ridiculous, and in your mind you're like, I've had the same doubt. You can be like, hey, I've had that doubt. And I've actually talked to my leader and I've worked through it, or this is where I'm at with it. And you can use that as a part of your treasure chest. Um, you might have masks, ways that you've tried to put on a mask in order to gain approval from other people. And maybe you want to use this. And, and instead of burying it, that could be a tool that you could use to come alongside somebody else who's younger than you. And you can say, hey, stop caring about what people think about you all the time. Stop putting on the mask. Be free. Maybe for you, you've, I don't know, oh, this is cool. It's a football. And you're really good at football. And mentoring for you could be this. Help people on your football team be better football players. Don't just be the star. Encourage people and help. Um, mentorship doesn't have to be just a faith thing. This was cool, so I put it in there. <laughs> Some of us have skeletons. We have skeletons in our treasure chest. Um, yes, I have this. I'm glad I didn't throw it away. Um, we have things that we have done in our past that we wouldn't want anyone to know about and, and no one to see. We have things that we've done to others. We, we have these things in our life, Right? I'm not going to say raise your hand if you have a skeleton because that would be super scary. But let's just imagine that we all have a skeleton. And your skeleton could be that you don't even care about God. And that's your skeleton. I don't know what your skeleton is. Um, it could be um, past suffering, abuse that you've gone through. It could be times that you've blown it and made mistakes. It could be addictions that you have in your life. Um, but we want to bury the skeletons. But what if God wanted to use the skeleton? So that when there's somebody else who's saying, hey, this is going on in my life, you can say, actually, I understand what that feels like. And I want to warn you, or I, I just want to say, hey, here, if you keep going this way, this is what's going to happen. Or, hey, I, I get it that you've blown it, but there's grace. There's grace here. Sometimes it's hard for people to hear me, because you think Joel's perfect, uh, which is not true. But it might be hard for people to hear from me. But they might be able to hear from you, and they might be able to hear from you because they relate 
because of your weaknesses. People are impressed with your strengths, but they will always relate through your weaknesses. They'll be impressed and they'll like and they'll follow your strengths, but they will only connect with you through your weaknesses. God wants to use your weaknesses um, to bless somebody else. And um, there's pearls down there, but that's not a part of this. Um, it's for another sermon. Um, so you all have treasures. You all have treasures. And so you have two options. You can bury your treasure or you can use it. Um, the value of a life is always determined by how much of it is given away. Because when your life ends, this treasure box is buried with you. When your life is done, this treasure box is buried with you. Unless you ripped it open and used it and spread it out and gave it to other people. Because when we die, our influence here will die unless we used it to impact others. Um, and I don't want us to miss that. I don't want us to miss that opportunity. Um, so regardless of your belief system, you might not be a Christian, and that's totally cool. We want you to be able to come here. Um, we love you being here. Even if you're not a Christian, everything I just said applies to you, right? You are a unique treasure chest, and God wants to use you even if you don't believe in God. You can use your gifts and skills and experiences to bless people who are younger than you. Right? People, people believe that. I read a Denzel Washington quote last week where he's like, yes, that's important. And you can read all these quotes from people who are saying that's important. But especially if you're Christian, I don't believe it's just an opportunity. I believe it's a responsibility that if you say that you follow Jesus and want to follow his footsteps, it's not an option. We have to. It's a command that we would do this. Um, and so tonight, I just want to tell you a story that illustrates this. Um, and then um, we're going to do something, a little activity. Um, when I was growing up, there was always, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but people would say, when you get to heaven, um, that there's going to be a video screen, and they're going to play everything you did in your life on the video screen, and Jesus is going to sit there in the movie theater next to you, and you're just going to watch it, and anyone ever, anyone ever, anyone ever told this, right? Like, you'll be judged based off of the things that you've done. And I just, I imagine, so I think someone told me it was a video stream, and I thought, that sounds terrible, because I'd be sitting there with Jesus, and he'd look over at me, and he'd be like, Joel, what were you doing freshman year? Joel, junior year, Joel, what? And I would just be like, and then when I, also, I think this was probably, I don't know if I made this up, but I also got the idea that we'd also get to watch each other's videos of the things that we've done, and I was like, I'm more in on that, right? Okay, yeah, let's see. Um, but th there's this idea in scripture, even if, I don't believe that, but there is this idea in scripture that when, when your life comes to an end and when you stand before Jesus, um, that you will be given the opportunity to tell God what you have done with what he has given you. And at that moment, it's either you have to or you get to. It's either you have to or you get to. And I want to just go through this passage really quick to explain. Do you guys get the idea of you have to or you get to? Um, if you don't, there is this parable in Matthew 25, and there's these three, um, there's these three servants of this rich dude, and the rich dude gives the, the first servant, he gives him five pounds, or five pounds of gold, five bags of gold, sorry, five bags of gold, which is a lot of gold, right, imagine five bags of gold, huge, the next servant, he says, here are two bags of gold, boom, the third servant, like the third little piggy, he gives one bag of gold, and he basically, what, what he's doing is, I, the, 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 the master is going to leave, and he wants the, the, the servants to do with that money in a way that what, what the master would do with that money. So to take the money and do what the master would do. Take the money and invest the money. And it's in, in the text, it's like a lifetime passes. And the master comes back to see what the three servants have done with the money. And you probably know this verse. Uh, you know the, the passage from Sunday school. Um, 
And I love it because a lot of us feel like we're one bag people. Like, I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot to offer. We are one bag people. And the first, the first guy who had the five bags, he invests it. It doubles, in, in, it doubles. So now he has like 10 bags of gold. Second dude, two bags. Doubles it after he invests it, four bags. First dude, or the third dude, anyone know what he does? He buries it. When I would hear this as a kid, I was always like, yeah, he buried it. See, he didn't go gamble it because I didn't understand investing. And I was like, why would they go gamble it? Why did Jesus condone that? No, they're investing it and doubling the money. Um, so I always thought burying it was a good thing. Burying it is not a good thing. He buries it and the master comes back. And I just want you to look at these, um, these pieces of scripture. After a long time, the, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, and I kind of imagine it's like, see, look what I've done. Look what I did with what you gave me. See, it's like that moment where your parents put your like art up on top of the fridge. Like, see, mom, look what I've made. See, because this guy had the, I get to share with the master. Uh, the man who had received five bags of gold brought the, uh, brought the other five. Master said, you would trust me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. Um, and then his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your, math, your master's happiness. Because there's something about God that lights up when you take what he's given you and you use it to bless other people. Um, but then he comes to, um, he comes to the younger. Uh, sorry, he comes to the person he only gave one back to. And he basically says, and this isn't about salvation. It doesn't mean he went to hell or anything because this is a parable. It's just about how you handle the stuff God's given you. And he, he says, you're lazy. You're lazy. It's like what the master says. You're lazy. You buried it in the ground. You did nothing with it. And he says, you're no longer allowed to be a part of my inner circle. And he kicks him out. And so um, this is, uh, again, I don't think it's about, okay, that person went to hell or something. But I think one day we will all give an account of what we have done with what God has given us. And it's going to be a, I get to share. Or it's going to be, oh, shoot, I buried it. I got to go explain what happened. Um, what are you doing with the treasure that is you? What are you going to do with the treasure that is you? Seniors, you have 45 days left in high school ministry. 45 days. And I, I, I've told some of you this, but you guys have the, the most opportunity for impact in these next 45 days to love the freshmen, sophomores, and juniors, to encourage them, to meet with them, to share from your experiences, to share how you've blown it, to leverage everything that God has done the past four years to bless somebody else. Juniors, you're about to, to step up. And, and you are going to have the opportunity to have an impact over this whole high school group. What are you going to do with the treasure that is you? All of us, in like 50 days, we are going to have these little freshmen that are coming and joining us, and they're going to look like little baby deers that have just like, been born, and they're going to wobble around not knowing what's happening. Um, being a mentor doesn't mean looking awesome. Being a mentor doesn't mean, oh, I'm, your, I'm the best, and you have to follow what I do. Being a mentor means serving, being humble, listening, pouring into, caring, encouraging. Are you going to do that? Because if you don't, this place is going to change. If you don't do that, this place is going to change, and some of the good things will evaporate if you don't. What are you going to do with the treasure that is you? Um, and as we're talking about this, um, there's, uh, I invited Anna when I was talking to her yesterday um, to share a little bit about a unique opportunity that, that you guys have 
um, this summer that maybe some of you guys have been a part of. She's going to come up right now. You can get up for Anna, by the way. Um, and she's just going to, uh, you can probably just go, go ahead and, and, do you want a mic? Yeah, we'll give you a mic. I think I had one. We're going to pass the mic. Um, so if you call Trinity your home, or if you want to grow in your faith, this opportunity um, might be something that you want to, to listen up to. Um, so yeah, Anna, why don't you share, what is it that, what opportunity did you have with mentoring children, and what was that like, and all that? So I work on the summer children's ministry team, and we're called the Schmidt. And so I've been a camp counselor. I've worked at BBS. I've helped on Sundays at Super Sundays. I work in the two-year-old room on the weekends, and I help with kids on Tuesdays whenever there's, like, family events going around. So basically, I just get to hang out with kids anywhere from, like, two years old to I usually am with the fifth graders. And so I just get to experience all of them and work with all these different ages of kids and pour into them what God has given me. Um, what, um, I guess, how, how have you grown as a person as you've done this? Oh, that's, what, that's, that's Gopher Gulch, by the way. It's one of the kids' camps. Um, as a person, it's just been really rewarding to, like, be with the kids and just see their happiness and their optimism for life and just everything that they enjoy, whether we're at camp and they're playing games on the fields or we're sitting during free time playing card games or with little kids and they're running around on the field out there doing their crafts during BBS. And it has just shown me that like to live with a childlike optimism and hope for the future and see the world through children's eyes and all the wonders and beauty that God has created. Um, so I guess one last question. So there's a lot of people out here who might be interested in, in doing that, um, but maybe they're, they've never done it before. Or they're trying to figure out their schedules. Like what, what encouragement would you give them for why it'd be a good thing to do? It's really flexible, first of all, in just hanging out with the kids. Like the kids don't judge you. They don't care like what you're like. As long as you're willing to have fun with them, they're going to love you. And if you're just willing to be goofy and like be outgoing and be energetic with them, they'll reciprocate that right back to you. And it's just like full of amazing memories and like joyful times with all of the kids and just seeing their love for God and their love for you and just being able to see everything with their joy and happiness. That's awesome. Cool. Thanks, Anna. Yeah, yeah. Sure, that's fine. Okay. Um, so that's just one of the opportunities that you have. Um, as you leave tonight, after we do what we're about to do, um, we'll have these. They're like crazy fluorescent yellow, so you won't lose them somewhere. Um, but they're application packets, um, and you can apply to work with children this summer. This is a really big deal because you have the opportunity of changing the trajectory of a child's life. And I think some of us here, if we're honest, we wish that there would have been someone who would have stepped in and done it for us. But because you show up, you get to be that presence in someone's life. Um, so the value of a life is always how much of it you give away. The value of life is always how much of it you want to give away. Um, when you are 80 years old, or when you're 90 years old, when you're 100 years old, I don't know how long we're going to live. Um, hopefully, God willing, we get to that point uh, where we're that old, you are not going to care 
about what car you had. You're not going to care about how much money you made. You're not going to care what salary you made. You're not going to care how your senior prom went. You will not give a rip about those things. But when you are that age and you're laying on your deathbed, all you will care about, the only thing that will matter is what did you do with what God gave you to impact others? That's all you'll care about. And some of you, it'll be a light that flicks on when you're at that point, and then you'll feel this regret. But what if that light were to come on now, and we realize, wow, God has given us all of these gifts that we could mentor and encourage other people. What if that were to happen um, now? And so this is my, my charge for you. Use the treasure that is you in a way that points to the treasure that is him. Use the treasure that's you in a way that points to the treasure that is God. And so as you share your skeletons, as you share your stories, as you share your triumphs, as you share your failures, um, do that all in a way that points to the fact that Jesus is good, that, he, that his grace is enough for you. Um, do it in that way. Amen? So normally I would pray right now, and uh, we're not going to do that. And normally we'd send you to small groups, and we're not going to do that. Um, but tonight, we are going to put this into practice. Um, we're going to put this into practice. And so here's what we're going to do. Um, as I look around for, oh, I think they're in there. Can, Lynn, can you go grab, there might be papers in there. Is that our mind? Um, so this is an experiment. Everyone say experiment. Um, I want us to put into practice this idea of mentorship right now. Because I know it's going to happen. We're going to leave and forget and, and sometimes not even be changed. Um, and so what we're going to do in a moment is we are going to invite you to get into groups. Um, we're going to say the groups are going to be like four to six. Um, and the hope would be that you would have at least two underclassmen and at least two upperclassmen in each group. You guys tracking with this? All right, let me say this. Two things I'm going to say. The first thing, you are being handed out a paper. The paper has questions for the underclassmen to ask the upperclassmen. I need you to hear this. Not because we think the upperclassmen are awesome and have it all together. If anything, from the sermon I just shared, because they don't have it all together and because they've made mistakes, actually can make them more credible in helping you. You guys tracking with this? Okay, um, it also has questions for the upperclassmen to ask the underclassmen. Um, so we're going we're to do that. Second thing, I want to encourage you to not get into a group where you feel super comfortable because you know everybody. Um, leaders, if you see a group that forms that's like that, um, be willing to speak truth to those students and say, hey, you have the opportunity to mentor over here. Um, cool? Um, so we're going to do this. Um, and before we break, um, we're, not gonna, we're actually going to come back at the end. And I, I, we have a last thing to say. And we're going to be able to worship together one more time. But as we break, there are these, um, the table as I was talking about. And so if, a, if you could get a group around a table, there's a couple tables that are in the rec room right there. There's the grass that's here. There's the fire pit that's there. Um, you can also sit on the concrete. Um, you can do anything for 20 minutes. Um, so right now, um, the experience is going to begin. So in, in the spirit of worship, I want you to go try to form a group of at least two underclassmen, two upperclassmen.